Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You are listening to the Mother of All Talk Shows podcast with George Galloway. Huey Edwards isn't on the news, but he's in the news. He's not on the news because he's in a hospital, in a hospital presumably specializing in mental health issues because his own wife issued a statement late this afternoon naming her husband as the mysterious hitherto BBC personality central to BBC output who is alleged to have paid £35,000 to a 17-year-old crack addict in exchange for lewd pictures. It appears that the whole thing was a midlife crisis, although his wife said he's been mentally ill for years, which, as I said, is passing strange, as the BBC have been using him for all of those years as their principal mouthpiece for British state propaganda. Now, I feel sympathy for anybody with mental health issues. It can happen to anyone. It happened to Philip Schofield, the ITV personality. He had mental health issues also, but only once he'd been found out for the rakish, reprobate life that he had been leading. Let me put one thing very firmly on the table. It's okay to be gay. Many of my friends are gay. I have been a champion of gay and lesbian rights all of my political life, long before it became vogue, long before it became a twibbon, long before uh, the arms manufacturers started to put rainbows on their missiles and bombs. But it's not okay to be married and have children and lie to your wife and those children about a second life, a double life on gay dating apps because you're not brave when you are finally unmasked or come out just before you're unmasked. You're a coward, a liar, a cheat, and a deceiver. And that's what Philip Schofield was, and it may turn out that's what Hugh Edwards was also. It's possible that the balance of his mind was affected, uh, but it's unlikely to have been affected to the extent that he merely imagined he should be putting his details on a gay dating site, meeting teenage schoolboys, even if they are over the age of consent, for illicit purposes, and then going home to Mrs. Edwards and pretending that nothing happened. Every other person in Great Britain for a TV license for a state broadcaster that turns out to be a nest, not just of liberal fanatics in the grip of every 
intimate, known to man, woman, stroke, other, but is a veritable nest of perverts, of people involved in the most murky and sordid funded by me and by you. Sir, that's what he was called, Jimmy Savile, was paid millions of pounds by you and Hugh Edwards was earning £640,000 every single year for reading an auto-cue of British state propaganda. That money was yours. That money was mine. 35000 of it, mind you, was recycled, trickled down, you might call it, though that metaphor may be verging on the obscene. These people in the BBC don't just think they're better than us. Don't just think that we are less than them. Every day, it seems, even on company property, certainly on company money, your money, my money, they are engaged in the kind of behaviours which have dragged our country into the mire. A mire in which the BBC then gleefully wallows. Indeed, frolics, dances, TikToks around. Well, the BBC doesn't speak for me, even though I'll go to prison if I stop paying them to pretend to do so. It is now an unstoppable demand that the British people must no longer be forced to pay for this sordid apology for a television broadcaster that the BBC has become. Defund the BBC, abolish the license fee, and enough now about Hugh Edwards, his mental health and his dirty habits. Let me turn to much more important issues. Vladimir or Vladimir or Mr. Zelensky, sometimes President Zelensky, it depends which part of Joe Biden's 60 seconds you're referring to. In fact, if the brain boxes behind the glass here have got that, let's take a quick look at some of Joe Biden's latest finest. Vladimir and I, we, the, I should, shouldn't be so familiar. Uh, Mr. Zelensky and I, uh, Vladimir and I, we, the, I should, shouldn't be so familiar. Uh, Mr. Zelensky and I, uh, shouldn't be so familiar. Vladimir, Vladimir, Mr. Zelensky should have consulted the history books to read what happens to American puppets when America has no further use for them. They could have consulted the record of what happened to the once mighty forced to wander the earth like a ghost ship when the United States abandoned him in 1979 upon the success of the Islamic Revolution in Iran. Or gone back further, could have looked at the Diem brothers in South Vietnam. They ended up actually dead, full of lead. He could have looked at the latest example, the 
what's his name, last president of American and UK controlled Afghanistan. What was his name again? Sure, he made out with a lot of money bags, but nobody remembers his name. Nobody mentions him. Nobody laments him. He is a non-person for the people whose puppet he was. Zelensky will go the same way if he gets out alive. If he gets out alive to one of his waterfront properties in multiple countries across the globe, he might regard it as something of a personal success. Unfortunately, hundreds of thousands of his compatriots had to leave their guts on the ground, on the step, on the Ukrainian battlefield in order for Vladimir, Vladimir, Mr. Zelensky to momentarily be important in the world. But he sure wasn't important in Vilnius. The pictures tell the story. They tell far more than a thousand words. Zelensky had gone there demanding either membership of NATO right now or a clear path and a timetable for Ukrainian entry into NATO, neither of which was forthcoming. Moreover, the worm has begun to turn. Little Ben Wallace, too cowardly to roar like the cowardly lion in uh, The Wizard of Oz, too cowardly to roar at anybody except someone who he knows will not, for the moment, at least strike him back, unleashed a torrent of abuse against Vladimir, Vladimir, Mr. Zelensky. He said that Britain and the West were not Amazon and that gratitude from Ukraine was necessary to be shown in order to keep the Western public on side. We are not Amazon, he said. No, you're right. Nothing that you supply, Mr. Wallace, is remotely as good as anything you'll get pretty damn quickly from Amazon. Amazon's things work. If they don't, you get your money back or the product replaced. Your things don't work and are very quickly indeed destroyed. We are not Amazon. You should say thank you, said little Ben Wallace. And all of the Western media is this evening echoing that same thing, that the Ukrainians should cool down, that Zelensky should cool down his criticism of what they call the alliance, an alliance which actually suffered a double blow today. Not only did they betray Vladimir, Vladimir, Mr. Zelensky, they pulled out of their real estate deal in Tokyo, Japan. You'll remember, I told you, they were going to open a NATO East, a NATO Tokyo, NATO Japan. France objected. The idea has been dropped unceremoniously in the summit of NATO today. But as I said, Wallace is demanding some gratitude from the Ukrainians. But in fact, it should be the other way around. The Ukrainians were asked, told, pushed, cajoled, encouraged, armed, propagandized for by NATO, not the other way around. This war was created by NATO. The Ukrainians are merely the poor bloody infantry 
sent to die or be maimed or be paralyzed forever or be mentally damaged forever on behalf of NATO, not the other way around. There's no gratitude required from Ukraine to you, Mr. Wallace. It is you who pushed these people into this now simply impossible position. As I said earlier, the Russians are now, as of this evening, on a major offensive. They have broken through the Ukrainian lines, those lines that were supposed to be the springboard for the spring, then summer, counter-offensive. Well, the counter-offensive is right now being countered. The lines are being overrun, and the pincer is moving fast towards that famed, fabled city of Kupyansk, about which I often speak, which is under heavy artillery bombardment right now as I speak this minute. This war is going to be over much quicker than you thought, because this is a pivotal moment, a hinge moment, a moment at which NATO blinked. They will not enter the war. They won't even discuss any Ukrainian entity joining NATO until the war is over. And that makes clear what the basis of this war being over will look like. I tweeted it out earlier today in more detail. But in truth, Ukraine is no more as a state that we knew and recognized, albeit for a very brief historical period of time. There will now be two Ukraines. There will be a Russian Ukraine, which will take the entire seaboard, including the great city, great Russian city of Odessa, leaving so everything east of the Dnipro and south to the seaboard will be Russian Ukraine. Then there will be what we might call, for the purposes of argument, a Western Ukraine. Although that Western Ukraine will be subject to both Polish and Hungarian revanchist ambitions who consider part of that West Ukrainian territory to be their own, and they will seek to recover them. I myself will oppose any such effort. But the regime in Kiev will have to change. No end to this war is possible with Zelensky still in power, with Budyanov still in charge of the intelligence, with the missing head of the uh, armed forces of Ukraine, Zaluzhny, still in charge. These things will not be able to bring the war to an end. So a regime change in Western Ukraine will have to happen. And that new regime will have to cast iron guarantee that the Western Ukrainian entity will never join the European Union, will never join NATO, and more importantly, that neither the European Union nor NATO will ever be in Western Ukraine. Not a single footprint of either of these entities will ever be in Western Ukraine. In short, Western Ukraine will become the new East Germany, a buffer between Russia and the hostile powers of Germany, Poland, 
and the rest of NATO to a variety of degrees. That end is coming sooner than you think. It is the only possible end now. And now that we know that NATO will not be entering the war and Ukraine will not be entering NATO, that's the reason for the counteroffensive tonight and that's the reason for its apparent success in just the last few hours. We'll be talking uh, to two of the great heroes of contemporary journalism. They probably don't see themselves that way. But they have prank called the very worst people in the entire world and shown them to be the fools that they are. Stay tuned for Vovan and Lexus. You ain't seen nothing like it yet. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You are listening to the Mother of All Talk Shows podcast with George Galloway. Now, having an Asian wife and three half-Asian children, what happens to Asians in America is obviously of great importance to me. I therefore sat down to hear a paean of praise from President Biden to some Asian-American women. Here's what happened. Included groundbreaking Asian-Americans like Vera Wang and, and, and Joan... Shengang, Shenga Koawa. Included groundbreaking Asian Americans like Vera Wang and, and, and Joan Shengang, Shenga Koawa. Not only is that priceless, it's worth watching twice or 202 times. But here's something that has increasingly dawned on me. Why does the White House keep putting him up for this kind of thing? For a start, why does he have to be on TV every day when every time he goes on TV, he demonstrates not senility, but actually unhinged mental health issues? Why do it? to an old fool like him. But if you're going to do it, why ask Joe Biden, who you wouldn't send out for a loaf, to pronounce 
Chinese names on television, Asian names. He can hardly bite his own fingernails. And you're asking him to talk about John Wakarukuru Are you serious? Maybe they are setting him up for the mental health card. You know, like Schofield, Huey Edwards in the news, maybe. That's what it is all about. I can no longer pronounce the names of great Asian American women, so I'm going to step down and not contest the next presidential election. What do you think? Let me know. So the poll is there. Here's the numbers to call if you're in the UK or Ireland. It's 0808196552. If you're in the US or Canada, it's plus 18449443344. If you're in the rest of the world, it's 442039662625. Now, anyone who can successfully prank little Ben Wallace and Henry Kissinger, not to mention a whole long list of the worst people in the world, and get them to speak honestly in a way that they would not do if they didn't think they were speaking, usually, to President Vladimir Vladimir Zelensky, Mr. Zelensky. It is astounding that Western countries' leaders are giving hundreds of billions of dollars to Vladimir, Vladimir, Mr. Zelensky, but they don't even know if they really are speaking to him on the phone. They take it on trust that they are. They don't recognize his voice. They've never heard the FaceTime. They don't know that you need to take precautions when Vauban and Lexus are around. I'm glad to say they'll never try and prank me because I'm on the same side as them. Gentlemen, thank you for joining on this historic occasion. The mother of Hello. all talk shows. So good to see. Hello, Vauvan. I don't know if we've lost Lexus or he's not joining us or what. But let me ask you, first of all, how did you manage to prank a fool like Ben Wallace? <laughs> Uh, first, we managed to prank uh, Preti Pato, our Home Secretary. Um, she thought that she was talking to the Prime Minister of Ukraine. And actually, until the end of the conversation, she believed that she was talking to a Ukrainian. And we asked her to officially invite uh, Ben Wallace. Uh, so it means that uh, she actually was the one who uh, officially invited him. Uh, I see. Now, look, do these people not take precautions? I mean... If you phoned me saying you were Vladimir, Vladimir, Mr. Zelensky, first of all, I'd ask for your number so I could ring you back. I'd make a call, a Zoom call. I'd take precautions. Do none of these people take precautions? Not all of them take precautions, and usually we prank the non-professionals uh, who would miss the shot. And um, there might be some people who would like to get some publicity or some hype, and um, they would be the ones who never check whether the uh, phone number is authentic. Uh, but we are real professionals because we are um, quite old in that game. Oh, you definitely are. Uh, no doubt about that. But uh, 
the, the, these uh, fools, these unprofessional people, are the people in charge of the foreign affairs and military affairs of, uh, of Western countries. Uh, it's quite telling that fools are running our countries, isn't it? Unfortunately, we see that in the Western countries, the, the so-called uh, fly-by-night uh, politicians, so, so people who seize the power and immediately they would uh, uh, shift the blame onto their predecessors. So then there are strong politicians in the West. Now, uh, of course, um, the fact that they don't know that they're speaking to a Russian uh, rather than a Ukrainian rather makes uh, President Putin's point uh, that the Russian and Ukrainian people are one people, doesn't it? Oh, that's why, actually. It doesn't make sense to pretend you have an accent uh, speaking Russian or Ukrainian, so people never tell one from another. Now, of course, one of the beauties of uh, your style of journalism, for that is what it is, uh, is that they tell you the truth that they don't tell us. So, uh, for example, your most recent, I think yesterday, you, you pranked the most wicked and evil man still alive in the world today. A man with the blood of tens of millions of people dripping from his hands. The demonic Henry Kissinger. And he was quite candid in what he was prepared to tell you, wasn't he? Actually, we were again helped by the whole chain of the events because Henry Kissinger, we managed to invite him because of uh, Jacques Alley, who thought that he was helping Mr. Zelensky. So, and that's how we managed to prank uh, Henry Kissinger. Vauban, oh, what is, what's the... your favorite prank? Oh, actually, we have lots of pranks. And for instance, we even pranked Boris Johnson from Britain in 2018. But we don't have any rankings. We love all of our series, all of our episodes. This is up to the audience to judge. Some of them like um, when we prank politicians, others like when we prank Hollywood um, stars. But we love all our victims or rather our speakers. And we enjoy our job just like a professional reporter enjoys if he does a good piece of journalism. Well, you've had a lot of front page splashes, that's for sure. Uh, I think Lexus is joining us, is he? Lexus, if you're there and you can hear me, uh, we can't see you yet, but uh, feel free to chip in. Because I was going to make the point to you both. We used to have uh, a vaguely similar, though much more malicious uh, journalist in this country. Uh, we call them the fake sheikh. He used to dress up as a, an Arab sheikh and he hoodwinked celebrity after celebrity after celebrity. And after each yeah, one, I used, to think, I used to think to myself, that must be his last one because nobody is going like. to fall for that one again. They're bound to finally realize again? that if someone oh. comes up to you, dressed as an Arab sheikh, he's up to no good. But your hits keep on coming. It seems it's like taking candy from a baby. 
Uh, we also are surprised by the fact that the politicians and other stars um, are, are getting pranked are so credulous, so to say. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, usually uh, we try to get people interested in what we're telling them so that they would think that they could benefit from that conversation, that they would get some bonuses or get some hype. And usually uh, the speakers um, that we choose, they are the ones who have been, um, or we pretend to, 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 uh, to be, actually are the ones who are most popular in the West. And today, for instance, that's Zelensky. And so these politicians, uh, our victims, so to say, uh, they believe that talking to uh, that person, uh, their rating would go up. So we usually hook them by that. Yeah, quite obviously. Uh, how do you monetize this skill? I mean, have you got a place where you reveal these uh, these pranks first uh, that people can follow? Not that we in the West are allowed to give you anything, because, of course, uh, there is now an iron curtain which we have erected uh, between the West and the East. So we can't buy anything from you. But does anyone buy anything from you? Have you got an outfit that monetizes this brilliant work? Um, actually, in 2020, we cooperated, so to say, with the British media and we sold to them our exclusive rights for some of the episodes with Prince Harry, with Kamala Harris and Billy Eilish. And um, actually, we have our show uh, running in Russia and we had our uh, YouTube channel removed or cancelled um, because Ben Wallace wrote a letter to the administration of YouTube telling that uh, our uh, episodes pose a security threat. And uh, since then, actually, we have a lot of masterclasses. We tour around Russia and we charge some fee for that. Good. Well, uh, more power to your elbow. There's a fool born every minute, we say here. And long may you prank them. Lexus, if you can hear me, I wanted to just ask yeah, this you. difficult question. The, the biter bit. Has anyone ever pranked you? I don't see the reason to do that because uh, we are not officials. We are just uh, private persons and I don't see us as celebrities. And so I think that we are not so interesting for other pranksters. But if uh, someone could do that, uh, I, we will be really interested if it will be uh, really funny and professional. Yes. Funny and and revealing. Uh, I asked uh, I, I asked Vauban, but he didn't have a favorite. Have you got a favorite prank that you participated in? One that you thought was the state of the art? Well, it depends on our listeners. Uh, so we don't have our favorite prank because uh, every prank has its own history and its own uh, uh, legends. Uh, with uh, uh, that we have used, but I think the I think that one of the one of the greatest our pranks were uh, probably the pranks with uh, historical uh, persons, uh, including George Bush W and uh, uh, Henry Kissinger and uh, many other politicians uh, who made a. Uh, great contribution in world history and of course uh, that is uh, really interesting for us and it's uh, really a great honor to talk to such people and of course uh, for me as i'm a 
biggest fan of uh, British rock and roll. I think that uh, one of my personal uh, favorite Frankles were Franks with uh, Brian May and uh, with uh, Elton John. You 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 pranked Elton John. I didn't know that. How what? Who did he think you were? Zelensky? Yeah. Yeah, we pranked him as a president uh, of Russia, Vladimir Putin, and we called him oh, uh, in 2016. And we said that uh, uh, President Putin would like to talk to him uh, and meet him personally. So that was uh, like uh, his uh, dream. And he said that uh, it was a miracle for me. So it's the greatest uh, phone call for me. And he was really glad to hear it. And we promised him to arrange uh, gay parrots in Moscow. And he believed. And then he posted that information in his Instagram. And uh, uh, after that, the uh, press secretary of Vladimir Putin said that the, the, the conversation was, wasn't, uh, the conversation did not happen. And then, um, then Elton John said that, yeah, the prank was funny, but the situation around gay rights in Russia is not is not funny. And he and then uh, real Putin decided to call him personally and say that. Uh, so don't think uh, um, don't don't be offended of that guys. So just take it easy. Well, I, it's kind of put my opinion of Elton John up. I don't know uh, about anyone else. Now, we mentioned Kissinger a couple of times. I was surprised by his answer to your question, who blew up the Nord Stream. He paused for quite some time and answered, I thought you did, which would be revealing in itself, but not accurate if uh, Seymour Hersh is to be believed, uh, the answer is the Americans did it, not that Zelensky did it. Were you surprised at that answer? Of course, uh, we were surprised, but we, are, we were not surprised of uh, methods that uh, Ukrainian authorities use to, uh, to, to make uh, any harm uh, to Russia. But... You know, uh, he said that it was you, but he didn't say who was the real uh, organizer of that uh, uh, terrorist, because you know that uh, uh, it could be uh, the United States, but uh, who was the real executor? I don't think that it, that uh, Ukraine could not do such a uh, sabotage. So anything could happen, and I think that. Ukraine could be a real executor of uh, such a thing. Now, uh, the 100-year-old uh, Henry Kissinger, is he still compass mentus? Did he make sense uh, when you were talking to him? Is it worth my trying to interview him myself, not to prank him, but to interview him? I think that he is still a uh, real diplomat, and he still has... Uh, uh, great experience and uh, he's one of the smartest person in the world even he's uh, 100 years old but uh, he still has uh, great uh, uh, point of points of view because he 
made uh, great uh, combinations in uh, world diplomacy. And so for us, I think that he is a more smart person than uh, current president of the US. So I think so, because he still, uh, we had asked him, what gives you uh, your uh, your energy? And he said that I'm still involved in the world's processes. So it gives me just something like impulse to uh, to manage uh, many processes. And so that's why he still uh, has a great reputation in the world diplomacy. Well, look, uh, Vovan and Lexus, can I, uh, can I secure a promise from you that you'll never try to prank me? Yes, no, just to give, yeah, just to give you an interview. So I think we cannot promise that in case you become the British Prime Minister. If, if I become the British Prime Minister, Britain will be a part of the Russian Federation. So it's not that likely <laughs> either way. Thank you very much, Vovan and Lexus, legendary Russian comedians and pranksters. And long may you continue to fool the fools that govern our countries. Much obliged to you for coming on the show. Sorry for any technical difficulties. Now, 13,000 people have voted in the poll. Was it right to name the BBC presenter being investigated over on all platforms, you say yes. So another big blunder by the BBC to try and cover this up. When, of course, if these allegations had been made against anybody else, anybody, Boris Johnson, you think they would have named him? Me, do you think they would have named me? They would have named anybody. They flew a helicopter at public expense across the house of Cliff Richard, the iconic British peaches and cream crooner, who turned out to be completely blameless. It was a completely fraudulent claim that Cliff Richard had faced. But it didn't stop the BBC outing him at very great public expense. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Mother of All Talk Shows podcast with George Galloway. Certainly in the public sphere, Hungary is the only uh, EU country uh, which is calling for an end to the war and pushing the case for peace. Turkey is today, but not yesterday, and maybe not again tomorrow amongst the NATO powers. But for the rest, they are all, pardon me, locked in uh, to the road that leads. According to Medvedev, the former president of Russia, not just to war, but beyond war. Let's hear what the most perspicacious correspondent on the Potomac, Galen Nixon, thinks about any and all of that. Garland, welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure to see you. Uh, Before we uh, turn to the war, uh, I can't not ask you about Joe Biden. I just played a couple of the highlights. Uh, His bemused inspection of the guard at uh, 
at, at uh, the royal palace uh, when he was briefly here will live long in the memories, not least of the soldiers he was inspecting, who must at any moment have imagined they would have to pick him up off the ground. It was odd because he made King Charles look like he was also an octogenarian out for a stroll under the supervision of Nurse Ratchet, and a splendid pair uh, they made. And then there was the fool that asked him to pronounce long and difficult Asian American names. Is it reaching breaking point is what I'm asking? Yes, um, it is reaching breaking point. The discussion here in the United States um, regarding the 2024 election is now who will be the Democratic nominee um, in a lot of circles. The discussion about Joe Biden is that um, they're hiding him right now. They, Of course, they hit him in 2020, but he seems to have um, fallen a step below cognitively where he was even then. So I think the, um, the, the thing that's spoken quietly in the corners of Washington, D.C. is that we're not going going to be able to hide Joe Biden through this 2024 election, and uh, some maneuver is going to have to be made to uh, brush him aside and, of course, to move Kamala Harris. I mean, it seems to me that um, Joe Biden's whatever cognitive uh, issue he has seems to be contagious because uh, Kamala Harris was recently rambling incoherently about um, uh, AI. Uh, Matthew Miller, he's the State Department spokesman, repeatedly was saying that um, Ukraine has uh, suffered a strategic, uh, you know, a strategic uh, disaster. I'm paraphrasing something down that uh, line. And when they asked him, don't you mean Russia? And he said, yes, Ukraine. So it seems to me that the Biden administration is falling apart. It seems cognitively. But Joe Biden, um, it's getting obvious to people. Now the discussion is, who are they going to slip in there? And of course, the name that we hear most frequently is Gavin Newsom in California, although he's not terribly popular as a governor in, Ga in California. And of course, you've got uh, RFK, uh, RFK Jr., who is uh, sneaking up in the passing lane. Yes, uh, maybe we should cut out the middleman and just go straight to AI. Make AI the president of the United States of America. Certainly Kamala uh, doesn't compete with AI. Um, Gavin Newsom is, is uh, the, the grand old Duke of Woke. He won't play in Peoria, will he? He scarcely plays in Malibu. Uh, correct. He's not he's not very popular. He won uh, his last recall um, election in California only because California is a very blue state, a very Democratic or a Democrat Party oriented state. And he was going against conservatives, a place where he couldn't lose. Of course, he'll win his home state as any Democrat would. But they need someone who will in this day and age um, cross over to independence. And of course, in uh, we're right around 30 percent Republican, 30 percent Democrat and 40% independent in the United States now. So whoever the Democrats come up with, they're going to have to be have to be someone who appeals to independence. Gavin Newsom, I don't believe is that guy. And uh, I do believe that as Joe Biden falls aside for whatever reason, they're going to have a lot of difficulty with RFK Jr. Right now, he's there are many people projecting him to win in the first two primaries and have uh, some level of um, momentum in the uh, in the primaries. So, um, as I said, you know, I hate to keep bringing up RFK Jr., but in that Joe Biden is in deep and serious trouble. Uh, again, our um, our economy, 
Uh, there was a report that came out. We have an app called Klarna, K-L-A-R-N-A, in which people can buy groceries, um, buy now and pay later. We're using that as increased dramatically. So Bidenomics is not working well for the average working class person. And so there are any number of reasons that Joe Biden is going to have to be cast aside. Uh, I'm a big admirer of the presidential run of RFK Jr. Uh, I hope that he has uh, a plan B uh, to run as a third party independent if and when the a Democrat establishment does to him what they did to Bernie Sanders not once but twice. Do you think he might run as a third party candidate? I think there are a number of possibilities going on here. Um, certainly, he was recently asked whether or not he would endorse Joe Biden if he lost. And he said his answer was whether he would commit to endorsing Joe Biden if he were to lose the uh, Democratic nomination. And his answer was, of course not. And he then said that he would um, he had a plan to win and he didn't have a backup plan for losing. Um, there is a uh, a former NBA basketball player. This was in the news, a guy named Royce White. He played for Houston for the Houston Rockets recently um, he was playing in another league and they zeroed in on a something that he had written on the side of his bald head and it was protect RFK and uh, when questioned about that he said from his perspective he liked RFK and Trump as a team but he feared that the deep state could uh, take actions against the health and well-being of RFK K Jr., shall we say. So uh, there are people looking at um, the dynamics of the Democratic Party, understanding, as you and I do, that they are prone to, you know, such, a, you know, illicit machinations, shall we say, that would stop the uh, democratic process from having its way in the party. And um, there's questions he may jump over to the Green, would he, would he jump over to the Green Party with uh, with with um, Cornell West? Would he come over and run as a Republican with Trump? There are any number, there are a number of things going on. And sadly, that conversation has to be had because the history of the Democratic Party tells us that even if he wins by a landslide, slide, they're likely to go in the back room and just hand it to the first neoliberal warmonger that they can get their hands on. Exactly. I mean, uh, I worry about these things too. Uh, and not just for RFK, uh, seems to me Trump uh, could well, uh, you know, have an unfortunate accident. Uh, also, um, the two of them together would be literally unstoppable. I don't say it will happen. I don't say even that it should happen. Uh, but if it happened, a Trump-Kennedy ticket would literally be unstoppable, wouldn't it? There's no question. It's game, set, and match. You know, and, and looking at the U.S. right now, if you look at a Cornell West, who is very popular amongst a lot of people, he's a very well-liked person. If you follow Cornell West, it's hard not to like Cornell West. He's such a kind human being, and his concerns are about the poor and the those less fortunate. He's very strong on the Palestinian issue. He's just an all-around good guy. If you look at the people, if you take the number of people who support a Cornell West, an RFK Jr., and Trump, you have an overwhelming majority of the voters. You are correct. So there are a lot of us hoping that something will happen that will cause those who are outside of the neoliberal, warmonger, mainstream politics in the United States to maybe come together, whether it's 
form a third party, all run on the same party, whatever the question is, because you are correct. There is victory to be had if we can find a way to bring the, and I hate to use the word outsiders, because if these are the people that can win in a landslide, they're not the outsiders. The neoconservatives and the neoliberals really are the outsiders. That's a brilliant point. Uh, we should stop thinking of ourselves as the outsiders. The, the, it's the people running the show who are actually outside of the majority wishes of the people. They cling to power in one uh, guise of semi-legitimacy or even outright illegitimacy. People like Sunak, for example, never been elected by anybody at all. Uh, Macron, uh, got 23% of the French public in, uh, in, in the first ballot and only won the second ballot because his opponent was uh, Marine Le Pen, the daughter of a Vichy French collaborator uh, and, uh, and all that that implied. Little soldier Schultz is currently standing on 16% of public opinion in Germany. Even the mad box of frogs, greens, are more popular than him, though only just. I could go on. Uh, all these people are clinging to power uh, by the skin of their teeth, uh, and we should perhaps show them a little less uh, deference. Big events Absolutely. happened today, Garland, uh, in, uh, in Vilnius. Let's turn to that, if we may. Uh, the uh, it was written all over Zelensky's face, wasn't it? It's over. He's been let down, like all these satraps before him, like the guy that used to run Afghanistan until a year and a bit ago, whose name none of us any longer remember. Absolutely. And, you know, we've had this discussion in the past, George, that how does this thing end? And my um, opinion always was it ended uh, just like it ended. If he, the, the most, uh, the best that um, Zelensky could hope for is an ending similar to Ashraf Ghani in, in um, Afghanistan, where he was, uh, you know, he took off in a plane with $160 million in cash, and there was literally suitcases of money falling out of the plane on the tarmac as he took off. That's the best case scenario for um, for uh, Vladimir Zelensky for this simple reason. You know, he knows far too much. You know, he needs to be very concerned about his safety, probably far more than an RFK Jr. because he knows so much. He, he can say everything that was head, said behind the scenes. So he, as this thing falls apart, the one guy that could really put a hurting on Joe Biden and all of the um, and all of the neocons in Washington, D.C. and in, in London is Vladimir Zelensky. So I would not want to be in his shoes. And if I were in his shoes, I'd be hiding in a trench somewhere. But yes, it's over um, there. And Joe Biden just said we're out of ammunition. You're in a war and you're out of ammunition. I think we know how that, what that means. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chairman Mao was definitely premature back in the 1960s when he called the U.S. a paper tiger. Uh, but it wouldn't be premature to say it now. NATO is now a paper tiger, a toothless tiger with no ammunition. Well, NATO is what's happened here, and it's positive. Certainly, all the deaths and destruction and the danger is not a positive thing. But the th what is positive that has come of this is NATO has been 
exposed for what it really is. You know, we were told that NATO is some kind of a military alliance to protect Europe. They conspired, uh, a number of the um, members of this alliance conspired to attack one of the other members, um, Germany. They also conspired to hide that attack. They also, and this is what I think is the most telling, they used um, a um, an exercise in which they were allegedly practicing defending themselves from Russia. They used that exercise literally to hide an attack on one of their members, which was Germany. So NATO is being exposed, not just for the military neoliberal fraud it is. And any neoliberal nation or neoliberal group cannot be a military power because to be a military power requires some level of industrial power and industries, neoliberal industries are only in business to make money. They make the most expensive weapons they can possibly make, and they don't care if they work. In fact, it's better if they don't work because then they come back and get the contract for maintenance. So NATO has been exposed. I think it's good for the entire world to see it. And the only question is, as um, Paul Keating said now, will they continue on? Will they bring that poison? Will they bring that plague to the doorstep of the of the Asian uh, of the people in Asia? It's a powerful point um, of many powerful points that you make. And I must say, it's one I didn't see coming. We are used to the expenditure of vast sums of public money on weapons of war. Uh, And we imagine, therefore, that somewhere there will be weapons of war uh, that are uh, worthy of the name, if you like, that can do what it says on the tin. It turns out that the Russian military industrial complex, which spent a fraction of what the US budget alone is, never mind the budget of all the NATO countries, has vastly outperformed uh, the weapons that our taxpayers paid so dearly for Garland. Yes, because what's also what's been exposed here is this is not just um, an idea. This, this is not just a, a military conflict. This is an ideological conflict. And on one side, you have industrial capitalism, commodity capitalism, which would be Russia and China. And when it comes to the U.S. and uh, Europe, you've got um, uh, economic capitalism. You've got, um, uh, you know, a type of capitalism that doesn't require you to make anything. So the fact of the matter is. U.S. industries do not make weapons of war. They simply make products that are designed to make a profit. It doesn't matter if it works. It doesn't matter if it if it if it's effective. It doesn't matter if you have enough of them. They just simply create a product that they can charge an an astronomical amount of money for. And what we find out now is this gigantic budget that the U.S. has for the military. It's all a fraud. the The idea is not they have a budget so that they can purchase things that will make them an effective military. It's they have a budget so they can launder the money into their hands of their political and economic cronies. And they've been really good at that. If, if, if the judgment is how they're able to money launder, they've been extremely effective. But money laundering does not work very well on the battlefield. So Russia can take in an old, in literally in some instances, they take old howitzers that they took out of, of mothballs from World War II. They grease them up and they work. Whereas the stuff that we have now, it, it, it costs a lot. It looks great. It has all kinds of computer technology.
technology. But when it comes down to it, it's not a weapon of war. It is a very expensive product, nothing more. They could send a picture of a howitzer for what it matters to Lockheed Martin as long as they're getting paid. <laughs> a 3D, 3D howitzer. <laughs> uh, lastly, uh, Garland, uh, I watched the, the hearings uh, today. The FBI guy, Ray, is it? W-R-A-Y. Yes. Uh, he he was literally on the rack. Well, not literally. Metaphorically, he was on the rack. He had no answer uh, to the uh, real forensic harassment of, uh, is it Comey, uh, the, uh, the lead Republican in the hearings? Comer. Uh, it Comer. Is Comer. It is self-evidently, obviously true that the FBI and the U.S. deep state has been protecting criminal behavior by the Biden family, extortion, and claiming that, well, I haven't looked at that, haven't studied that, haven't read that yet. It's threadbare. The deep state is deeply involved in what is, looks to me at least, to be a, a vast criminal enterprise. Uh, there is no question about that. You know, we also we, we recently had a lawsuit where a judge in Louisiana, Louisiana found that the Biden administration, the evidence was presented that the Biden people in the Biden administration were having direct contact with Facebook, with Twitter. They were threatening them. They, as you and I both know, we were affected on on Twitter. They were threatening them. They were telling them specific accounts, specific posts they had to take off. So the Biden administration was literally managing social media, which is a direct violation of our First Amendment, our constitutional right to free speech. So a judge has recently found that we get um, Christopher Ray today, who's being investigated, refusing to answer how many people, how many FBI operatives were involved in the January 6th protests. They won't talk about it. They won't tell how many people. For all we know, there could have been all of them. We don't know, but they won't talk about it. They are in deep and serious trouble, which is another uh, important factor to take into account moving into the 2024 election because the deep state cannot afford to have a president come into office that may actually bring in people who would look into what, what they're doing. So they're going to have to do everything they can to try to um, affect the uh, 2024 election. Garland Nixon, as always, a pleasure. The gremlins or the saboteurs, dare I say it, appear to have uh, made the uh, show very difficult tonight. Uh, difficult for me, but also difficult for everyone who works with me and difficult for you, the kind and loyal viewers. So my apologies for that. Uh, and I'll be on the phone to Mr. Musk in the morning. My final thoughts uh, are these. Uh, Agent Zelensky uh, came a cropper in Vilnius. He will never forget the 12th of July. I never forget the 12th of July, but that's for different reasons. If you know, you know. But he'll never forget the 12th of July. It was the day when he discovered that he, just like all these hundreds of thousands of dead Ukrainians, are entirely dispensable. Just like the Loyal Afghan forces and Ashraf Ghani, I now recall, the erstwhile president of Afghanistan, were 
entirely dispensable. Just like the Shah of Persia was dispensable. Just like General Noriega was dispensable. Just like the Diem brothers were dispensable. Everyone who is a puppet of the United States is entirely at risk. As I think Henry Kissinger said, though not to the pranksters, that uh, being America's enemy can be dangerous, but being America's friend can often be fatal. And so it's in danger of turning out for Agent Zelensky. He has served his purpose. It was another fine mess that your leaders have gotten you into. They kept you in Afghanistan for 20 years. They lost the life's blood of thousands of your own young men and women in your armed forces. And they cost your treasury the best part of a trillion dollars in a 20-year occupation, which was then ended overnight, putting back in power the people we'd invaded in order to overthrow. This constant cycle of foreign policy disasters by our leaders is now not just of esoteric interest to people interested in international affairs, as was once the case, because the chickens have all come home to roost. The unrest in France the coming unrest elsewhere, the instability in our political system. We've had three prime ministers in a year in Britain. Maybe even four, I may have lost count. The Dutch prime minister, Ruta, good riddance, has gone this week. One government after another in Europe is either unstable, deeply unpopular, or in the process of, or already fallen. The chickens are coming home to roost. Our own economies have been wrecked by leaders acting under orders, wrongly, mistakenly, or just wickedly in foreign policy decisions. The decision to confront Russia with full-spectrum sanctions and everything short of direct involvement in a war will turn out to have been the biggest disaster that Western leaders ever made. The biggest. And heaven knows they've made many big disasters before now. And it will turn out to be a turning point. The war reached a turning point this evening, but the bigger picture will reflect. And time will show that I'm right on this, as I was right 17 years ago about the Israeli invasion of Lebanon and many other things. The turning point in world events has already occurred. It's like a big oil tanker. It takes a lot of time to turn it around. But once that moment has been established, 
and that momentum has been created, nothing will turn that oil tanker back from its new direction. The future is set. The sun is rising in the east. And if we don't get rid of our leaders soon, the sun will set for us on the west. I'll be back, God willing, on Sunday at 7 p.m. UK time with a slightly less technically interrupted edition of the mother of all talk shows. But there'll be great guests, there'll be great calls, and I'll be doing my best to explain the events that are happening all around us. Thank you for watching, persevering with tonight's mother of all talk shows.